Shalom of Good morning and welcome to our 15 minute or so shear. Yeshikaya first, spending the time and listening. Let's turn with Seattle Dishmai to the pages of this week's parsha. We start off the Marcus, the Yeser Marcus. Uh, we don't have all 10 appearing in Parshas Vairo. Uh, we have seven, seven in Parshas Vairo, uh, three in Parshas Bo, an idea discussed by the Shlor of Tzadik and others. A lot of Inyanim, something that we discussed in the past as well. Uh, out of the seven that appear on the sacred pages of Parshish Vayra. Plague number two, of course, is Tzifardeya. Hamakas Tzifardeya. Machlaikis in the Gemara Sanhedrin in the Medrash. Rabbah between Rabbi Akiva and Elizabeth and Azariah. According to Rabbi Akiva, it was one frog that popped out in the river. They started hitting it, multiplying it to two and to four and to eight. V'chulei until, lo and behold, billions of frogs running right throughout the land. Elizabeth and Azariah says, Rabbi Akiva, go to your Nagam and your Olos. At the end of the day, come on, that's not what happened. Rather, it's one frog came out of the river called up his buddies, all his fellow frogs scattered all over the four corners of the world, and together they inhabited and they drove the Egyptians crazy. Over Yamchas, the Orachayim HaKadosh points out, and they actually entered their insides. They went inside the Egyptians and they went all over the place. Different aspects, the Medrash says, about the plague, not only did they go inside their intestines, their bowels, and drive them insane, uh, but the croaking, the rash, of course, because the rites, the Medrash Rabbah, uh, they would scream and issue orders and commands into the ears of their Hebrew slaves. The croaking would drive them crazy. Okay? We explained Rabbi Akiva based on the famous stipler, how they lost control of their intellect, their intellect completely distorted uh, because they were overwhelmed by the meat of cast, the meat of anger. I got so angry at the frog, they lost control. They lost their sense of reality, and they kept hitting the frog. Stop doing that. Hit the frog. Stop doing that. Lo and behold, uh, billions of frogs running rampant throughout the land. Okay, so we discussed to them Achleikis in the past, or Yekivalos of Nazariah. And we have a famous Gemara M'Sachim Dafnun Gimelam Adbeis. And the Gemara cites a Brisa Tashma, has something that Todos Ish Romi told us, that they went into the Kivshanesh, into the fiery furnace in this man, on the Vuchaminetzah, rather than bowing down to the idol. Again, it's a discussion, the Balei Atesis and the Rishonim. Was it an actual idol? Was it together? Was it considered? Now it's a discussion in the Rishonim. And what exactly was their het, or what granted them the license uh, to be Moser Snapsham to display the willingness and the readiness uh, to sacrifice their lives? Either way, what was their cheshman? What was their calculation? Sarites told us Shisromi, Mauro Charei Mazarya, that they threw themselves into the Kivshanesh, into the fiery furnace. Abizman, the Vuchanets are Rosha. Adorshu Kavachomer Meatzvardim. They looked into the pages of. Parsha Sveira, uh, this week's Parsha, and plague number two, the plague of frogs of Tzvardeya. Uh, they made a Kavachomer, the frogs after all. Uh, they didn't have to go into the ovens. Why did they go into the ovens to be Makadosh Shemayim? Hashem said they're going to go where? They're going to go Bechov They're going to go Batanarecha. They're going to go on your beds and your bathrooms and your swimming pools and your ponds. And they're going to go all over your front yard and your backyard, all over the house. And yes, they'll go into the kitchen and they'll even go into the fiery furnaces, into the ovens. Uh, 
if the frogs were Moser Asnavsham were Makari Shim Shamayim by sacrificing their lives and jumping willingly into the hot ovens and burning themselves alive, that Kavachamar, we human beings who were Mitzuva, Kiddushim Shamayim, they're not Mitzuva, and they're not commanded, the Baalei Chayim, our living creatures, they're not commanded to be Makari Shim but we were commanded to do so. Kavachamar, we should jump into the oven. That was the Kavachamar. And now the same Hasidim, Rav Dessler, and Rav Freelander, the Mashkiach Kramponovich, and his Sifsen Chaim, Amunah Bechira, has an arichas based on his Rebbe Rav Dessler, how to understand, uh, what do you mean, the frogs going into the ovens, they're robots, they're Baalei Chaim, they didn't make a conscious decision uh, to go into the ovens, Elohat, Chanam HaShemazah, you understood, that if Hashem Yisbaruch orchestrates the Bria, and directs creatures to do something that's antithetical to their core nature, to their ofi, to their innate teva, their intrinsic tchunas anefesh, no frog, no creature willingly, is going to jump into an oven, in fact, they'll have their lobsters, how do they cook lobsters, if you throw a lobster, uh, into boiling water right away, it's going to jump out. It's, so what do they do? They put it into water, and they gradually heat up the water until, lo and behold, next thing you know, the lobster gets cooked alive without them realizing. Same way, I have other creatures, some say about frogs, you put it into a pan, if you increase the heat ever so gradually, ever slowly, then it's not going to jump out. But over here, frogs, they don't make a conscious decision. Hello, what the Abishter had frogs do something that's contrary, that's antithetical to their core essence. I know frogs going to jump into a fire into an oven. Ella, why did Hashem do it? It must be because there's a message for us human beings to glean. There's something for us to take out of it. It's not for what they did. It's that anything Abishur does, especially when he does it in a way that's antithetical to the reality that we perceive. Why would frogs jump into the oven? It must be that Hashem wants us to draw the lesson that there's going to be a time when you're going to be vacillating. Should I be meh? by jumping into the oven. Well, if David tried the frogs do it to bring about a sanctification of his name, by yes, even going into the ovens, we have to do the same thing. And in Rav Kamanovitz from the mirror, uh, that each frog, Lechaira, could have said what? I'll let my buddy be the one to go into the bubble bath. Uh, let my buddy be the one to go into the ovens. I'll go into the bubble bath. I'll go into the swimming pool. I'll jump around on his mattress. I'll jump around on his pillow and his blanket. And uh, why should I be the guy to go into the oven? Terrence is what? There were frogs who said, frog. If no one's willing to jump into the oven, you got to be the one to jump into the oven. Explain Rav Kamanovitz with Elias face said a similar word, uh, that in the end of the day, each, let's say each plague, according to Omani Amr the Medrash, uh, that they lasted for seven days. So why would a frog go into the oven on day number one? Wait seven days. Have another seven days to your life, and then the end of the seventh day, then jump into the oven. Tarot says, you don't make cheshbinus when it comes to Kiddush and Shalom. You don't wait seven days. There's a golden opportunity right here, right now. Then Carpe Diem, you seize the moment, and you make and you don't wait for the next guy to do it. You go ahead. And you do it, and you do it right away. And that's what Hanami Yashav Azari understood. Uh, these Gedolim, they understood, don't wait for the next person to do it. Uh, the opportunity arises, you be the one to do it. Similar to Rabbeinu Avram and Arambam, and the Sforno back in Parshish Mikates, Perkman Beis, uh, when there was no food in Eretz Canaan, and Yaakov turns to his sons, uh, the Bnei Yisrael, and he says, Lama Tisro, Inei Shamati, Ki I heard that there's food. And the land of Egypt, Lama Tisro, what are you looking, the reflexive, what are you looking at yourselves? So Rashi and many others showed him have different interpretations. The Sforno 
and Rabbeinu Am and Aramam write, Lama Sabitu Zelzeh. Why is everyone looking around at the next guy? Rabbi said, we need food. Someone's got to go down to the lineage. Don't wait for the next guy to do it. Says so many lessons we learn here from the frogs as well. Don't wait for the next guy to jump to the oven. And don't wait for day number seven. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Now, Amela, the upshot is, it's the frogs that taught us what it means uh, to not make cheshbonus when it comes to Kiddushim Shemayim. God needs holy shluchim, holy messengers to sacrifice their lives to be Makanish and Shemayim, to sanctify the name of God. In the land of Egypt, the frogs are not going to wait for their buddies to do it. The ones that went into the oven said, we're not going to wait until day seven. We're going to seize the moment right here and right now. We're not going to wait for the next guys. There was a chevra of holy frogs and they jumped into the ovens. Hanam said, we don't wait. We don't wait for the next people. We have the golden opportunity. Let's not have somebody else do it. Let's hop around. We'll seize the moment and we'll do it right here and right now. The Kavachomer, they darshan from the frogs. Adkam. Lamaisa, whatever Mahalik, whatever approach you're going to espouse, God clearly selected Bedavka the frogs to teach us this Yusod of not making Cheshboinus when it comes to be Makanashim Shemai. At the Hainu, there are so many lessons bandied about the Yesamakis. And the Ramban and other Rishonim and Achronim, the break of, of course, Rabbi Yudai, Yanosi, Mem, Simonim, highlighting different categories how Hashem is the omnipotent creator who controls every aspect, every nuance of every single act of nature, of creation. God controls everything, but yet one crucial, consequential lesson that emerges from plague number two is that the frogs are the vehicles, the conduit that taught Klai Yisrael, certainly taught Hanani Meshav Mishav Hazariah, and Alpi the Gemara Pesachim and Gemara Beis teaches one and all. We understand it's in Pesachim. After all, this is the time Pesach to talk about the frogs. So it's in Pesachim after the Gemara Beis. Hamela, we have the frogs as the choice candidate that God uses to teach Hanani Meshav Hazariah and all of us, the importance of being Makanish and Shemayev and not making any Cheshbon. So why did Hashem uh, pick the frog? Stephanie is dating. Uh, let's go to the Alkut Shimoni at the end of Sefer Tell. I'd like to share with you something that I have shared in the past, but we'll add another Nakuda on today. We'll see after the Shemayev. Uh, so in Simon. Kufnun, it's the end of Toptop Peites, and the Yalkut Shimoni until him, the second to last Keta, second to last little segment on the uh, on Sefer Tillam and the Yalkut Shimoni. And it says that Devon Melch finished his, this is on Kapitol Kufnun, finished number 150, So we got all the instruments in Neva Vachina and the Sefamacha, we got the string instruments, the wood instruments, the brass, everything is playing until we conclude. All the Sefer Tillam comes down to what? Kolan and Shomata And Rablevi in the name of Chanina says, no Every breath of life, we got to thank and praise the Almighty for every single breath of life. Now listen to this. Amorah Dabon Amelech. It was said about Dabon Amelech, Meshosha, see him say for Tehillim, at the moment that he finished this glorious monumental work, his magnum opus, the book of Tehillim, Zochadai to Alof. Again, this is Chazal using such a, it's, it's, it implies, it connotes a sense of a shtickle gaiva, a shtickle uh, sense of, oh, feeling good about himself. Again, on a Dag Shabbatakis level, we're talking about Dabon Amelech, uh, the quintessential of an Hashem. But again, Chazal uses terminology, Zochadai, he felt very good, a little complacent, Kefid Dargoso. Is there anything, any creature, anyone in the world that sings Shira to you, God, like I do? Ah, so what does Hashem say? Ah, devil, let me put you in your place. Hashem invited, Hashem sent this way one little frog. <laughs> 
Amrolo and the frog said to David, uh, Don't be a Balgaiva, don't get any haughty, don't be arrogant. Why? I say more Shira than you do. I'm singing so much more than you are. Unbelievable. Who puts David? David says, I'm singing praises to Hashem all day long. And who puts David in his place? The frog. Rabbi say, What's going on in this marriage? This is what's taking place. David Avada, this isn't the guy. What is what's the Zokha? He felt very good. Why did he feel good? Adam Melech isn't showing off. Khalid of Achas. Adamach is saying, I am the Metsius. What do we know is unique about Dabana Melech? Dabana Melech doesn't ever sleep. Dabana Melech. The Gemara says the beginning of Masechah's Brocha is that David and again in Sukkah And we know that David Melech is only what? He only dozed. She Shanishman Kesus. He dozed off. I like the amount of sleep that a horse typically does. He would doze off until Chatzos Lilo, and then he would have the Rotsophonus, the northerly wind, blow through the Kinor by his bedside. Aira Shachar would wake him up, and then at 12 o'clock at night until Vasikin, he would go ahead. And sing the praises of our Kodesh Rochus. So David Melch isn't showing off Lachaira. Uh, what's really the Zachal of David says he felt good about himself. Why? He says, hey, Mr. Who sings more praises than, than I do? Meaning what? Because I never sleep. I barely ever sleep. I just doze off. David Melch is the one person that got Tanakh. Yes, Yaakov Avinu. 14 years in Yeshiva Shem and Aver. And that's what we spoke in the past. Yaakov Avinu Lomais, Tainus Shem and Beis. And David Melch Yisro Chayva Kaim Roshan Chafayim and Aleph. And the Gemara says the Brokhs involved that Shina sleep is Echa. Sleep is one sixty is the death. Yaakov is able to go without sleeping. David able to go without sleeping. The two individuals in Tach were able to go without sleeping. Our two individuals, Yaakovino Lomais and because they never told to Misa. And I saw Tzodik says a similar Nakuda. So they never really slept. But David Melech, it's not just 14 years. David Melech, his whole life, his seven years, he pushed it, isn't sleeping. Writes in the Midrash Kadamas. We have a stira in the Zohar. One Zohar says in Chelak Alav Tzadi Alma Beis, where did David Melch get his seventy years from? He was destined to be a nafil, a miscarried fetus that would exist for but three hours. Adam Rishon gives David Melch his Gilgal there. Rizal says seventy years from his one thousand post the Chay. Adam lives to nine thirty. Double lives to seventy. I but there's another Zohar that says that David got his seventy years from the Avos Hakadoshim. Avram lived to a Yitzchak lived to one eighty. Avram lived to one seventy five. And you take the years from Yah. Of the 147 to 180 and Yosef, and the end of the day, he got his 70 years from the Yavasakadashim. Frank Dekha, which one is it? So, one answer the Chidah is uh, that Dovin never slept. So, he needed 70 years of days, and he needed 70 years of nights. And Mela, Adam Rishon gave him 70 years of days, and the other said he gave him 70 years of nights. Most people are sleeping at night, and uh, Dovin isn't going to sleep. So, Dovin Lechaira is saying, Hey, Mr., who sings more praises than I do? I'm never sleeping. So, what does Hashem do? He sends in the frog rub by side. Years ago, in Cam Simcha, I was looking at a Snapple bottle cap. And one of the Snapple.com real facts is what creature on land never ever sleeps. After that, by the way, I saw it in the first Zohar Kaddish. So the Zohar says it, but I originally saw it. You have to say the source. I saw it in a Snapple bottle cap. What creature on land never sleeps? The frog. The frog never sleeps. A frog is busy croaking all day long. David says what? Hashem, I'm singing praises to you more than any other creature in the world because I'm never going to sleep. So I'm singing Shira to you, Yom I love. Tell me, Hashem. Hey, Amish, is there any dove or any creature, anything in the world? So what does Hashem do? He sends in the frog wide. The frog never stops singing. 
A frog is singing to the Abishtha. The frog is the one creature on land that never ever goes to sleep. The, the bullfrog, the bullfrog, Shtet and Zohar Kaddish, is singing praises to Hashem 24-7-365. And Mela, for the, the frog says, David, I sing more praises than you do. Now he puts David in his place. David says, I am able to go without sleeping. Frog says, yeah, but I, Mamish, go with Selefinia, Stati, the Maril. And then they coot him in the back and say from the hog. And why is a frog called a Tzvardeo? It's a lotion of Safrada. Again, there's their reason. But let's go with the Maril. The Maril, one of the Rishonim says, Tzvardeh is a combination. Tzvardeh knows the morning. Rabbi say, why does it know the morning? Because the frog never goes to sleep. The one creature that never goes to sleep is going to know the morning before anybody else. Yes, there's a nose in the Sechavina to discern between night and sleep. We're going to use the rooster in the end of the day because it goes to sleep and then it's the first to wake up. But the frog is up continuously. The bullfrog never goes to sleep. Hence, it's Gavalik. Tzvardeh knows the morning. Tzvardeh are made for the morning before anybody else. But boy, I think it gets better than that. Ah, uh, David HaMelech, what was the lotion of the Yalkut? And uh, when David HaMelech finished that, David says, I'm the Melech, what? I'm the echo of Mahusa. Da'aro, the sense of majesty of kingship sovereignty down here in the world, which is an echo of the Malchus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, based on the Sigi of the Anabrach. So, there's Malchus in So, David HaMelech says, what? I'm singing praise to Hashem. I'm bringing out the glory of the Creator, of the Melech Malchim Lochim all day long. Hashem says, no, the frog is doing a better job than you do. David, you still doze off until Chatzais. You're still dozing. You're not singing Shirat. Chatzais, you get up. But the frog is going all the time. And they let's have for dust. And now Rabbi says, Gavaldi. The Medrash and Kuala Sarabbas says, that David is called David Melech Melech David 52 times in Tanakh. So 52 times in Tanakh we become aware of David as David Melech or Melech David. Give all the 52 times. But who's going to bring about the Malchus of the Boreolam? Malchus is Mem Laman Chuf Vav Sof Gematria 496. David Melech brings the concept of Malchus. David Melech Melech David 52 times in Tanakh he's called he's associated with Malchus. So that's only 52. How do I go for 52 to bring about the Malchus of Hashem Yisbark about your 496. You know who David Melech needs to join forces with? Lafiyani Astaiti. Atzvardeya. Atzvardeya is Gematria 444. When you add Svardeya Gematria 444 to David Melech 52, what does that yield? 496 Gematria Malchus. Who brings about the Malchus of the Bariolim? In my humble opinion, David is David Melech Melech David 52 times. When you add it on to Gematria Atzvardeya 444 and 52, that's 496. That's the Malchus of the Bariolim. A boy say it gets better than that. Uh, based on a shtickle I said years ago, uh, let's go to Perak Shira. Remember, the Yalkin already told us the frog is singing Shira to Hashem all day long. A boy say, what is the Shira? One of only two creatures on the hallowed pages of Perak Shira, where we encounter a Pusik that doesn't appear anywhere in Tyranavim, Xuvim, anywhere in Tanakh. It only appears where in the Gemara. Oh, where is this Gemara going to be? Makes sense. Psochim, Dafkim, Psochim, it's Pesach, Thamakis, Dafnun, Vavam, and Aleph. And what do you think is the Pusik that the Tzvardeya that the frog sings 24-7-365. Rabbi the last creature at Perk Revia, Perk Shira, Tzvardeya Omeres, Aboro Shein Kevon Machuso, Aliolam Vod. who's going to bring about the Machus and the Boreolam? You know, who's going to bring about the Machus and the Boreolam? The frog! The frog is Mamela, the choice candidate that Hashem says to teach Chanani Mashal Mazariah and through them to teach the Gansamel to teach us all from time immemorial. 
that you have to be Makanishim Shemayim and you don't make Cheshbonis. And why did Hashem pick the frogs? Because it's the frogs that Hashem has as the vehicle who are singing Shiro, being Makales, Umishabach, extolling the myriad virtues of the Almighty above. 24 7, 365, the only creature on land that never goes to sleep. A male that's appropriate called Svardeyat Safrada and knows the morning. It puts David in his place because David didn't realize I'll be the Zohar, there's a frog that Mamish never goes to sleep, doesn't even doze. And that's the frog. Melo, when you add Gamachi a frog, Tzvardea, to David as David a Melech, then and only then do you get to Malchus and a Melo. What song is the frog singing and living and breathing? Yom of Alayla, Baruch Shein Kevon Malchuso, Ali Yolavats. And now let me ask you something, Rabbi. Say, David a Melech, we know he played the harp, he had a beautiful, sweet voice, he is Nam Zemiris Israel. He is Vanit Fila until him Kuftes, Posig Dalit. A walking tefillah. He is the mashower. He is the mazamer. He is great at playing the, the harp. He has a great voice. Gavali gets all about Shira. And we talk about great voices. Rabbi Shira Salavi and Machol. We're talking about Gavali. Uh, so who is the creature that the Abister picked uh, to be the one to say the Pasek Boroshen Kivon Machuso? Who's the one to put David in his place? Who's the one creature who says, I sing more praises to Hashem than any other creature in the world today? The frog. Rabbi Sai. Do you know anyone in the world who enjoys listening to a frog? I don't mind listening to birds, the birds chirping. We mentioned Moshe Wilson. What do we say in the Zemiris? Uh, we are what? Our Aramaic for the morning and the night. Explain to Moshe Wilson. Tzafar the morning. Why? Tzafar Loshan Tzipor. Who sings throughout the day? The beautiful melodies emerging from the birds. And then when the birds retire for the night around Sotzen time, who comes out and takes over chirping away? The Ramosim. Hence, Tzafar Varamsha. Tzafar Loshan Tzipor. That's the morning. They're singing in the morning. They retire for the night, out come the Ramosim, the crickets. And even the crickets, though, you could sit outside on the lawn on a beautiful spring night, and you don't mind listening to the crickets. It's a nice, soothing tune at times. Either way, it's not a cacophony. I but croaking of frogs, and here you have this week's Parsha. Archangers, one aspect of the plague was the incessant croaking of driving them crazy. Nobody likes listening to the ribbits and the croaking. Rabbi say, this is the creature. Aphenius, do you know what David is showing us? I'll tell you, when I was in ninth grade at Yeshiv Rockway, I remember one Arab Shabbos Kodesh Rosh Hashiva, Arab Yechiel Per Shlita, I stood up and he said, Chevra, I asked permission from so and so as a boy in the Yeshiva Chaim. He says, I asked Chaim permission if I could say this. He says, Anyone who's here in the base Marish late at night knows that Chaim is one of the last people to leave the base Marish. And Chaim is singing and he's chazering out loud. He says, And Chaim doesn't have the best voice. Chaim doesn't have the best voice. And he sits in his corner. I still remember this Chaim. And he would sit 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, chasering, chasering, and he would chaser out loud, and he did not have the sweetest voice. I'm a rabbi pair said, but you know what? Isn't that the sweetest voice of them all? And even though he might not have had the best musical voice, I wasn't a euphony, but Lamaisa, ah, when you heard him singing on the pages of the Gemara of Chazal at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 in the morning, that's the best sound of music in the entire world. Says what? I want to give Kaisal Chizik. I'm doing things in the animal kingdom so Kaisal could draw. So Joseph and Jebazari, they learn from the frogs. Say, so you know what? If you would have the birds singing the praises, Yom of Life, people would say, Okay, Hashem, what do you want from me? Ah, the birds, they have beautiful voices. You love listening to them. Hashem says, I'm going to take the creature that has the worst voice in them all. That drives people crazy. The ribbits, ribbit, 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 the croaking. 
And I'm going to use them as the vehicle to sing more praises to me than any other creature in the world. They will be the ones. You know why? It doesn't matter to me, the Rabbana Shalom says, how it sounds. It doesn't matter. I, they might not have Shweki's voice, Mordechai Shapiro's voice, Sholem Lemmer's musical angelic voice. They might not have the greatest voice. But come on, it's not about the voice. You don't need to have a voice. You can have the voice of a frog. Uh, people say, in English, by the way, what do you call it? You call it a pack of lions. You call it a school of fish. What do you think the word is in English? Nothing's coincidental. What do you call a bunch of frogs? A chorus. A chorus of frogs. It's not coincidental. The chorus that's singing, they got the worst voices in the world. That's the Kiddush Lafinius Daiti. Even though they have the worst voices, even though you can't stand the ribbits and the croaking, Hashem says, so you can make the Kamachimer. They're not Mitzuva to sing my praises. I'm telling you, Kaisel, don't give me an excuse. You know why? Because you sing Boroshenk Machuso. I don't care how you sound, it's not the sound of the voice, it's the words, it's the emotion, it's the intent, the Kavodaratsuya, the underpinnings of what's driving the voice. And what better lesson from the frogs? They got the worst voice, they got the worst croaking, but you know what? They're the ones who are putting David in his place. They're the ones who are singing Yom the Noah, the creature in the world is coming, Lakalis, to extol the Almighty. Well, then the frog, the frog is to which pasuk boroshen kavon machusu the olavayid. Rabbi said, "Let's make the kavachomer from the frogs." Doesn't matter what voice you have, doesn't matter how hoarse, doesn't matter if you sound like you're croaking. In the end of the day, Hashem wants to hear from you on the heels of a shema. He wants to hear yom v'alayla boroshen kavon machusu the olavayid. David Amelach forty fifty two and Svardeya four forty four. Gamatya Malchus four ninety six. Rabbi said, "Let's give the Eibushter the Malchus that he's so richly." Deserves Kaviyachol. Have an awesome day and a great rest of the weekend.